Hello and welcome to the Hume podcast where we sit down with people from our community and discover what makes Oldham Hume Grammar School the special place that it is. Alongside our teaching staff, students, alumni and parents, we discuss the topics that really matter to us and delve deep into the heart of our school. In this, our fourth episode, we're talking to our religious studies teacher, Amy Vos. We'll be discussing the relevance of moral and spiritual values in a school environment today and the need for tolerance of differences. Amy joined the teaching staff at Hume a year ago in September 2020, coming into a thriving RS department. Her specialist subject is the study of the teachings and beliefs of Islam, and she covers all the main religions in her lessons. She has been teaching for 11 years in both Nottingham and Manchester and holds a joint honours degree in theatre and theology. Welcome, Amy. Hi. Amy, religious studies, it's not just the study of religions, is it? It's also about things like human rights, social justice, peace and conflict, relationships and family values, amongst lots of other things. But first, Amy, tell us a little bit about how you teach the beliefs, teachings and practices of various religions and which are the main religions covered at Hume? Uh, well, from year seven at Oldham Hume Grammar School, they study the six major world religions. So Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism. But I'll sort of add plus to that. So if something is relevant to a specific topic that we're doing, we will look at, you know, uh, ancient Greek mythology or we'll look at uh, ancient Chinese legends and during the course of their time here, they'll study the discrete religions. So they'll study units like what is it like to be a Muslim in Britain today? What is it like to be a Hindu in the modern world? But they'll also do thematic study, which is you know taking a theme and looking at what different religions think about that. So, for example, the Year 9 study, <laughs> Why Do We Suffer? Very cheery unit to start the year. But within the unit of suffering, we'll look at what different religions have to say on that theme. Now, one of the school's main aims is to encourage pupil discussion uh, around issues related to moral and spiritual development. And we can see that in some of the documents that we publish uh, publicly. Tell me, Amy, how do you do that as part of your lessons? So all of our lessons here, um, they start with a question. So their title for the lesson is a big question. So that sort of gets the lesson off on the right foot, ready for discussion. So it gets their minds thinking about, oh, what what do I think about this? What do I know that others think about this? Uh, So for example, the year eights this week have been doing, what is the meaning of life to an atheist? And within that lesson, then it's inbuilt to discuss several different ideas and the whole time they're reflecting as well as giving their own perspective on whatever the question has been that day. It's really, you know, it is a part of RS to be discussing, to be debating, to be thinking all the time. But because of the technology we've got here at Hume, because they've all got their Chromebooks, it actually makes it one step easier. So rather than maybe only nine children contributing to a discussion, we can set up a question as a live document so they can all type in their initial responses, read each other's initial responses and get totally ready to contribute to a whole class discussion. It's been a a fantastic piece of kit, like say, just to avoid some students maybe fading into the background or becoming a wallflower. They all have to contribute when they've got their Chromebooks. It was excellent, the the use of technology to encourage students to be active participants in the lessons, actually. And it's, I guess that's one of the beauties of of modern teaching, that you can use use things in, in, in that way. 
So some people might think that RS is outdated and less relevant today than maybe it was in the past. What would you say to those people, Amy? I, th- I think the title of well, RS here, isn't it? But obviously, originally in the 40s, it was RI. It was religious instruction. And it's not been religious instruction in the whole time I've experienced RS. So me, you know, I'm 33 years old. I didn't do RI. But we did study discrete religions that they weren't linked to your life. So, you know, when you were studying uh, Christianity, if you weren't a Christian, it had nothing to do with you. Whereas today... You know, religion and worldviews, it, it's such a it's such a bigger subject. It's so much more malleable. So Cullum St. Gabriel's, which is a research institution for RS, they did a study this year and they studied or they questioned 2,000 adults, both parents and non-parents. And two-thirds of adults said that they believed it was important to understand the beliefs of others. And really interestingly, when they asked the 2,000 adults, parents and non-parents, they asked them the question, do you think RS is important to the curriculum? And 68% parents agreed they thought it was important to the curriculum, but it was actually the non-parents who believed it wasn't important or was less important. So it was only 59% who agreed. So I would just say, ask a parent. If you want to know if it's important, (laughs) ask a parent because they think it is. (laughs) That's really interesting. So what do you think studying RS adds to the development of young people's understanding of the world? So, like I've said already, you know, studying RS is worldviews and beliefs. So that includes this idea of the other, the other that's around us all over in the world, particularly in somewhere like Greater Manchester or in Oldham. So when we're reflecting on on the other, this thing that's all around us, all these different beings, all these different ideas, when we're studying them in RS, it builds that bridge to tolerance. You understand not only what is happening, what they believe, but you get the context of why they believe it and why it's important. Even this morning, I've just left my year seven lesson where we've been doing 10 minutes on a, on sounds of faith and they've been listening to the Muslim call to prayer and seek marital drumming and they can just sort of get a sense of what's going on in the world around them but I mean beyond understanding what other people think and what other people believe all the way through RS is them understanding themselves you know as as an individual as one Muslim an individual Muslim in a community what do I think what do I agree with as an individual atheist in this big world what are my opinions what have I accepted or rejected about the the lesson topic of the day <laughs> It sounds like such a wide-ranging subject and, and it, it sounds like it's something that can really engage lots of students. Tell us how popular is RS at Hume? Um, on, on the base of things, yeah, we've got two really healthy GCSE groups which get really fantastic results. We have uh, classes in both year 12 and 13, so an AS and an A-level class. So that's great. I mean, in other schools, that just it just doesn't happen. You don't get two classes worth of students. Some, I mean, some schools at the moment are struggling to get that GCSE class. So it's, it's really well received by students. But what's been really lovely to see is, since me starting in September, I've set up the Oldham Hume Grammar School RS and Debate Instagram. We're, we're totally down with the kids. And not only are the students interacting with it, but parents are interacting with it. You know, I, I get to see these beautiful things where a parent will will read something and go, oh, what my favourite quote is this, or, oh, this was in the news when I was at school. And it's really good to see the parents receiving RS really positively, as well as the students. Of late, there's been some really challenging subjects in the public 
consciousness, things like the Black Lives Matter movement, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, terrorism and fundamentalism linked to religion. Can you share with us how these global events impact on the conversations you're having in class, given the wide variety of subjects and areas that you cover and the, the kind of introspective and reflective way that students engage with it as well. Uh, how, how have those global impacts impacted on those, uh, those conversations? Well, personally for me, something that I've always been interested in is, is that kind of responsive learning. You know, you don't want the students to be having these whispered conversations and not feel like they can't, you know, speak to adults about them and, and really get the information that they need, you know, get information that is unbiased and get information that will tell them the truth or attempt at least to tell them the truth. Um, so responsive learning has always been something I've been really passionate about. I remember, obviously, this is in my my predecessor school, but you know, reacting to stuff like the Manchester bombing and making sure that teachers had assemblies that they could deliver, making sure there was structured conversations for form time. It's just so important. And it's lovely to come to a place like Hume where it doesn't avoid the conversation. I know lots of schools are really struggling with how do we let the kids have this conversation? But Hume is just so ready to to say, you know, come and meet us. Let's have a discussion. Let's have a debate. Um, let's make sure that to start with, they receive that kind of outlined assembly of this is what we're going to allow you to discuss within this parameter. So, for example, like the Israeli and Palestine conflict that you've just said, we had a beautiful open conversation with all year groups where if they were interested, they could come. We met in the girls' hall and it was really well attended by students who had, you know, they had ideas, they had concerns, you know, they might even have experience. We had students who, you know, had family members in Palestine or family members doing humanitarian aid and they just wanted to share their their experience and their viewpoints. And it was actually it was it was one of my favourite days here because it was so academic, but also their behaviour was impeccable and it's such a difficult conversation to have, but they were just so pleased that they could have the conversation. Yeah, it provided a vehicle for them. Now, I know that Matt's got a couple of questions to ask you about how you're experiencing the school, but as you were speaking then, it just struck me the opportunities around your degree, your joint honours in theatre and theology. And so I'm, I'm going to sneak in with an extra question and just ask <laughs> you, um, how much of the theatre are you bringing into your lessons at Hume? Well, I think teaching is acting. I think uh, there's so I much. Agree. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just silly things like, you know, when they're telling you a big, long winded story at break time, you have to, you know, nod your head and pretend you're really interested. Um, you know, when they're having a drama that is actually, you know, quite funny and, and in, in the future they'll reflect on it and be that this is a really funny situation. But to them at the time, it's, you know, it's, it's the world, the world's falling in on them. And, you know, it's, it's how we respond to students in a kind of, you know, you have to put the teacher face on here. <laughs> And, you know, you hope that your lessons are alive, don't you? So, you know, acting like this is the most interesting subject you will ever yeah. study in your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say that's my uh, my experience. Well, thank goodness we've got teachers like you guys <laughs> to bring things to life for them. Brilliant. And now you've already touched a bit on, you said that the meeting about the Israel-Palestine conflict was one of your favourite moments. Are there any other of your favourite moments whilst working at Hume that stand out? 
I know this is such a silly thing and, and it might be because I only started last September. So I did my interview during the pandemic. You know, I couldn't teach a class. So this year, this September, getting my own room was so exciting. You know, actually filling my room full of all the artifacts that have been all over my living room and in my attic bringing them to my classroom, bringing books for wider reading. When you get a child who's really excited about something, you know, I'm in my own classroom to be able to go, oh, you should read this chapter in this book. You should read what uh, this person's had to say about this. It's just, it's so nice to have your classroom environment where it's totally tailored to your subject and just daft things like, you know where the scissors are, you know where the glues are. That is definitely been my favorite moment those two days where we started before the students and I could decorate my classroom and just fill it full of my stuff (laughs) and one thing that people won't see well the, the students at least won't see behind the scenes is that Amy's area in the staff room has always got some sort of festive decoration uh, there's a Christmas tree well it's what is it currently it, it it's, changes it's, its function tree. it's Halloween tree month, at the moment right <laughs> and you know often I will come in in the morning and should be blowing up balloons for an activity or or planning some sort of amazing lesson using creative things that I'd never thought of or seen <laughs> in the classroom and you know she's definitely an inspiring colleague one last question from me then Amy is there anything that's that surprised you in your time here? I mean, I suppose you've already touched on um, confronting situations that aren't easy to talk about, but is there anything else that you've you found surprising? I had a really wonderful surprise last week. So Sharon had come to me, Miss Green had come to me to say, I need you to write just a little bit about what it's like to be a teacher for National Teachers Day. And then... The next minute, I look on the the school's Facebook, and I've received special recognition for my for teaching, and it was just a, a beautiful surprise that you know the school is going to be uh, commending staff every month, and that I was the first one to be picked. Not just it was, I mean, obviously it was wonderful for me, but the first thing I said, obviously to my head of department, Mr. Gumpert, was, I can't believe they've picked an RS teacher. It's it's just not a given in school that. RS is appreciated and given, you know, support and a proper platform where it's, it's, I just think it's wonderful that, you know, Mr. Mayors and, and the rest of the st- staff, they all see RS as an important part of the curriculum. And it was just lovely that, that idea that the first person to get recognition would be an RS teacher. It was such a surprise and it was wonderful. <laughs> That's really good to hear, Amy. Thank you for bringing religious studies and the teaching of it here at Hume to life. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you. So that was Amy Vose, religious studies teacher at Hume, discussing the relevance of moral and spiritual values in schools today. Thank you for coming on to this episode of the podcast, Amy, for such an insightful discussion. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you don't miss out. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.